Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It's Mark Bennett. Does it sound like I just had a hernia? Because that's, I think I pulled something. Saying podcast. Jesus Christ, I'm old. Welcome to the podcast. What are we going to talk about today? Ladies and germs, we're going to be talking about Dave Chappelle. All right. We got Dave Chappelle saying controversial things. We got Oprah Winfrey. She's our president now, apparently. And by our, I mean the United States, even though I live in Canada. We know that they run the show. We don't want them to, but we know they do. That's the thing about Trump that a lot of people can't stomach across the world, is that we we can sit down and make fun of him all we want. But he fucking runs the show, baby. And so he wins, you know? Love him or hate him, he wins. Because you could be like, oh, I hate that guy. He's a misogynist and he, and he says bad things and he has bad policies. And he's like, yeah, I'm the president of the free world. And everyone's like, yeah, I know. Anyway. And I'll also talk about uh, some parenting stuff. Some, some mom and dad's things. Discriminatory things, perhaps. Oh, man, this is going to be a controversial episode. I, uh... I'm gonna lose my my career. That's upwards of that's thousands of dollars a year that I'll be out if I lose this career. I'm in I'm in the four figures with my salary, guys. So Dave Chappelle comes out with a new special. Comes out with two. No one saw that coming. Oh fucking Dave Chappelle. He just he sideswipes us with a second special. First one we saw coming because Netflix was like, hey, we got a new special by Dave Chappelle on December 31st. And then, pow, drops the second one. And the second one is the one that caused all the controversy as far as I can see. You know? So the first one, the one that's in the theater, fancy, man. Fucking fancy. And to my taste, it was Dave's best special. And I call him Dave because we're good buddies. I think it was his finest special. It was, uh, I mean, of all time. He w- it was so, it was tight, it was funny, it was poignant. You know, he, he addressed the controversy he had from the last, because in case you don't know, Dave Chappelle uh, is uh, the probably considered the greatest comedian in the world right now, and he put out two specials on Netflix uh, uh, last year. They, they paid him 50 million bucks, I think it was, and they just bought two specials. He had taped that he hadn't put out. And he caused some controversy uh, in the transgender community by saying some stuff about them that they didn't like. And so he addressed it in his new special. And I thought he did it in a funny way. And I thought uh, he did it in a way that probably made some people feel a little bit better about what he said. Now, I'm not transgendered, you know, nor do I speak for them. I don't know. Maybe they all still hate his guts. Beats me. But I I think Dave's point was there is, it's everything for everybody is difficult. And sometimes things are super difficult for groups of people. But you must always have a sense of humor about them. You must always be able to laugh at yourself. And to his credit, Dave Chappelle has done that. You know, he's, he's talked about racism a lot in his routines. And uh, talking about 
trouble with the police, talking about uh, how the entertainment industry views him and black people and uh, black males especially, and he's always addressing it with humor. And uh, he has had, obviously, his fair share of um, bigotry, you know, and discrimination, and he has dealt with it. So I think, and remember, I am stupid, so I don't know shit. But I think that he's trying to say, hey, nobody thinks you should have your rights taken away or stepped on. And nobody thinks that you should be treated anything less than equal. However, you must understand the world is ignorant in many ways. And you're going to have to fight through that. And also, one of the best ways to do that is through humor. You know? And he can't say that, like I just said it so eloquently, because Dave Chappelle is doing a comedy routine. So he's got to make all these good points that he's making with humorous punchlines, because that's really what we're there to see. You know, you can Lenny Bruce it all you want. You can be Bill Hicks all you want and go, I have points to make and I want to change lives. and But... If you're a comedian, your primary job is to be funny. So if you're up there just politically ranting, you are not a comedian anymore. So you must be a funny political ranter. Otherwise, you're just uh, an orator. You're just speaking. You know? So anyway, he was uh, doing great, I thought, with the... The fancy special with all the lights. And then he taped another one at the comedy store. It's like 49 minutes. It's a bit shorter. And he's sitting down through most of it. It's low key. You know, it's... uh, And he said some shit that made people upset. Because it was about the ladies. And the ladies are getting upset these days. And, uh, you know, rightfully so. They, uh, change needs to happen. Everybody knows that. At the Golden Globes, it was all, it was all we were talking about. Change, got to do the change, and you do. This culture of whatever, it's got to be, got to be fixed. Equal. Uh, Women shouldn't be walking around afraid. You know, I'm all for that. But Dave Chappelle tried to talk about it a little bit, saying that, and it's, from experience, I would think, with how he's dealt, how he's been dealt with in the entertainment industry. Remember, he walked away from a $50 million contract for the Dave Chappelle show. And uh, he didn't like what he was hearing. He didn't like how he was being treated. Uh, he, he was a bit, he still never really said exactly what happened. He alluded to it in the um, special by talking about a pimp trying to get a hoe in line and it was this big long story and I listened to it going um, I'm not sure if I'm any closer to understanding why he left his show but basically well I mean I have an idea like in the story you know the pimp basically uh, convinces his hoe like he says hoes have a certain amount of mileage was what this pimp was saying and once they hit their their uh, number of fucks, 
I was going to say sexual partners, but what am I? What am I, a priest? Come on, guys, I can say fuck. Once they, once they hit their number, of, like say 500 is the number of fucks that um, a hoe has in her before she loses her mind and goes crazy because she can't take the life anymore. So a good pimp, says the pimp that Dave Chappelle is quoting, is this book written, I think, in the 30s? Anyway, you guys have probably all watched the special. You know what I'm fucking talking about. And um, so the pimp says, uh, you can look at a hoe and know exactly. And I apologize, by the way, for calling hoes hoes right now. Even though technically they're hoes, I guess, if they're street-walking hoes. But it still feels weird coming out of me, a white Canadian, sitting in his Prius. You know what I mean? It just it seems weird. But anyway, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep going with it. I can't, I can't get out now. It's like when you're going up to a, a stoplight, you know, and it's, turn, it's turning yellow and it's about to turn red, but you're already too close to the intersection. You don't want to slam on your brakes. Point and no return. You got to go through that shit. So the pimp is saying, you can look at a hoe and know how many fucks she has in her. So his best hoe was, who, who was like his right-hand man. She was doing like the books. She was like a really... She was a great business hoe as well as a great sexual hoe. And this hoe was at like $4.99. And he knew I was going to lose this hoe. So basically he ends up convincing the hoe that she killed a man um, by accident. But he was going to cover it up for her. Which made her indebted to him, the pimp. And he got another 300 fucks out of her by convincing her she had murdered someone, even though it was completely untrue and it was his buddy that was pretending to be dead. And, he, and I mean, Dave Chappelle tells the story much better than me, obviously. I'm just giving you a synopsis. And so he's saying he left his show because of something like that. You know what I mean? I think he felt the powers that be, which I'm assuming are rich white men, call me crazy, that's who I'm assuming he's talking about. They were trying to convince him that he had murdered someone by accident and they'd get 300 more fucks out of him. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I'm not sure I know what I mean. But I, that's what he was alluding to. To me, though, that wasn't the big part of the special. Like, I mean, I, you know, it's, a, it's interesting why he would leave the show and how it happened and what went down. But to me, it was far more interesting to hear his take on, uh, you know, the Me Too movement. And uh, Louis C.K., who's uh, probably a friend of his and certainly uh, a comedic acquaintance. And he was saying people were too hard on Louis. He said they took everything from him. You know, and I'm just wondering if that's a little disproportionate. Because he thought it was funny. Because A... It's a funny visual, he was saying, for all of Louis's buddies who've known him for years to think about him, you know, naked in a hotel room, you know, whacking off by him, you know, in front of ladies. Not, he wasn't making fun of the ladies. He was making fun of Louis, as far as I can see, you know, in that particular instance. But he also said that the women had at least one of the women, or maybe a couple of them, had weak-ass spirit, as he was calling it. Saying, all, all I'm saying is if that made you quit comedy, that sounds like a weak-ass spirit to me. And that really upset people. Um, and I can see why. 
they'd be upset. I can also see why he was trying to say what he's saying. A, I'm sure Louie's a friend of his. But B, what his point to the ladies was, you need men on your side. All right? You need... You can't just win this fight on your own because if the pendulum swings too hard one way, it's going to swing back and it's going to be even worse for you guys. And he he said, I'm speaking from experience. You know, he knows what it's like when the oppressors start to lose their power. And once the oppressors realize they can get the upper hand again, They're going to step on your throat even harder. It's going to be so much worse for you. So he he says there are better ways to do it than just, you know, killing everybody, cutting everyone down. That we should have, you should be able to have a dialogue about it. And he used Ben Affleck as an example. He said, you know, Ben Affleck tried to help. And they were like, ah, you touched a titty in 1984. It's like, oh, fellas, I'm out. I'm out. And he said, you can't say anything about it. Otherwise, everyone loses their mind. And then everyone lost their mind. Basically proving his point, I think. It was probably a genius move on his part to preface, to say in his own special, if you say anything, everybody screams bloody murder. And then he made his points. And, of course, he just got lambasted in the media. Oh, we hate you, you piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that was, I think that was kind of his point. How can we have a conversation and a dialogue? And who knows? Look, guys, I'm a, I'm a white guy. You know, I'm, I'm one of the evil people, I guess. I don't, my point is I have, well, I keep saying I have no say in this. Whereas, I don't know, maybe Dave Chappelle says everybody has, has a say. Everybody should, everyone should be on board. You know what? And that's, maybe that's some of it, right? Like I'm even talking about it right now. I'm sweating. I'm nervous that I'm going to say something that uh, I shouldn't say. And, and, and that honestly comes from a good place, I think, that I, I really don't want to say something I don't know anything about or that, I, uh, that it isn't my experience. You know, the same way I wouldn't say it when Dave Chappelle does his racial humor, the same way I wouldn't say to him, ow, oh, your experience is not my experience and you're wrong. I would never say that. Because I don't know his experience, and I, I admit it. So same thing with the, with the ladies. I don't know their experience. But I will say that the it's very difficult to, um, to bring it up at all, to say anything. And, and consequently, as I've said on the podcast, audiences have become extraordinarily sensitive. And it doesn't have to be about this topic, about all topics right now. And it's stemming from this, from the notion that if you say anything, then you're part of the problem. Even though what you're saying, maybe you're, you're just trying to get to a truth, you know? And what if Dave Chappelle is trying to say, which is what I think he's trying to say, is that, because he said, I'm with you, ladies. I hope you win. I'm rooting for you to win. And I want to be on your side. But, like, you, there, there are ways to do it, and the visceral hatred of all things male is not the way to go, in his opinion. I believe that's what he was trying to convey. Now, uh, not everybody got that, 
and they are mad at him. And they're saying he's defending his friend and whatever. He said about the lady, you know, when Louis was masturbating on the phone. He was like, you bitch, you don't know how to hang up the phone? And I gotta say, while Louis should not have done that, you know, and it would definitely be gross and weird and uh, and off-putting. And, you know, maybe, it, and, and especially if, if she worked with him or looked up to him in some way, I mean, that would be, it would be, that would be terrible. Sure. But she definitely... Should have hung up the phone. I don't know the story. Maybe she did. Maybe she was like, hey, are you masturbating? He was like, yes, yeah, so, and she hung up right away. I don't know. I think, to me, that that should be the course of action. But again, I don't know her experience. Maybe she felt paralyzed. Couldn't hang up the phone. I don't know. Oh, God. God almighty. Why did I, why did I start talking about this? Is my voice going again? Honest to fucking God. Maybe it's the world telling me not to do podcasts. You know? Why does a white guy have to... Yeah, I gotta say. Here we go. Guys, let's make this about me for a minute, shall we? You know, the world's ills. You know, fuck them. What about Mark? What about the white, middle-class Canadian sitting in his Prius in his apartment building in Toronto, Canada? What about it? I do feel like I'm in uh, limbo. As a comedian... I feel like I have nothing to say or to contribute because I am in a group that nobody wants to hear from. And that, you know, it's fair enough, but uh, it's a tough spot for an artist to be. Now, I know I'm just lumping that on myself. There's probably lots of things I could talk about. And in fact, I will. I'll bring some, I'll bring some stuff up now in a second. But, you feel like so many things are off limits. And uh, and I, and let me backtrack today's show. I'm not going to say he's perfect. All right? Not perfect. Because with the, with the special, the, the low-key one, uh, I think it was called The Bird Revelation, when he, he opened that one up saying, everything's funny until it happens to you. And everybody applauded, and that's how they started. And I don't think that's true. Um, I have heard lots of stuff that I don't think is funny. That hasn't happened to me. You know, if people are people are making fun of, uh, you know, transgendered or gay people or black people or like, you know, I, I, I don't find any of that funny. Now, if someone were to relay their experience in one of the those groups and they do it in a funny manner, then surely I will laugh because you are telling a humorous anecdote about your life. And, uh, you know. Same way if Dave Chappelle is talking about being harassed by the cops, he's telling a hilarious story. Of course, I'm going to laugh. I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing with his great humor. So the idea that everything's funny until it happens to you, I unless I'm misinterpreting what he said, I don't think that's true. That's why you know, I'm all for people not being able to say the shit that that's bigoted and and prejudiced like that why why is that funny that's not funny but to not be able to bring up topics to not be able to talk about um the state of the world right now or um the men and women disparity or uh different religions or like you you must be able to bring up these topics you you can't say um bigoted things about them you you can't be racist you, you, you can't make generalizations that are inappropriate, but you can certainly talk about these things. 
and we must. However, I do find it very difficult right now because uh, audiences are climbing up. And even though you're not saying anything remotely offensive, you feel like you are because people are so goddamn wussy. Jesus. H. Christ. And here's something else. I said I, I can. there are some things I can talk about. There are some things. Hard to make them humorous as a comedian, but like, there's still so much fucking shit going on. There are so many wars. There are so many people dying, and like, we're just so fixated on the social media and the 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 left versus the right in the United States and uh, and the oh this comedian said this and oh Hollywood is there's this is happening in Hollywood Hollywood is not the center of the universe it's not the people are making movies oh Meryl Streep said this thing who gives a fuck who cares what Meryl Streep you know Meryl Streep knew she knew she just she's pretending now but she knew about Harvey Weinstein Oprah knew. Fucking, I, do you, is that important? I don't care. Like, it's important that Harvey Weinstein, you know, did these things and that there's a culture that allows him to do these things. But, like, this fucking hyper focus on this, there are, like, Syria is still Syria. Did you guys know that? Of course you did. Things are still shit in lots of parts of the world. People are amassing nuclear weapons. There is a mate. That's the half of my worry about all this stuff is that the media, this 24 hour loop of um, and then the, the world is ending because men in Hollywood are assholes. That we are ignoring humanitarian crisis, crises all over the world. And I'm not saying these things shouldn't be fixed. Of course they should be fixed. Of course they should. But, you know, people aren't talking about mudslides and earthquakes and helping out the Philippines and, and trying to do something about the poor fucking people in, in Sierra Leone or Afghanistan or, you know, it's a, seriously, right? Puerto Rico. People still need water there, for Christ's sake. Nobody cares. I mean, I know a lot of people care. But it's just if you were to watch the fucking news in North America, granted, if you're listening to this in England, maybe things are very different for you. I don't know. But in North America, Christ, it's just, you'd swear to God, the only thing that happens in a day is a Trump tweet or somebody in Hollywood did something to a lady. It's, while those things are things, there are other things. Am I right? So anyway, how do you bring that up as a comedian? What's funny about that shit? You know? And plus then you're still the bad guy. Because people will be mad at you. Say, oh, why are you saying it's all smokescreen? It's all, it's all just put up there to distract us from other things so you don't think they're real things? And I get that. That's, that would be the response. So, yeah, I can't even say that. You know what? Fuck it. I can't say anything. I can't say anything. I should just change. I should change my humor. You know? Do you hear that? 
talking about change. And I am. I'm literally legitimately talking about trying to do less controversial things. Even though I don't do anything controversial. I don't I don't know what the fuck I can talk about. Donald Duck? What can I talk about? Oh, Donald Duck, Walt Disney, you know he's an anti-Semite. You know, you support the anti-Semites, do you? Donald Duck was Disney, right? Is he Disney? Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck? Yeah. Which is true. It's uh, as far as I know, Walt Disney was an anti-Semite. I don't, I don't know for sure. I just repeat things that I hear offhandedly. You know, speaking of things I hear and didn't research, Oprah apparently is talking about becoming president. Like she gave a big speech at the Golden Globes, and everybody went, "Oh, yay! Finally, we have a leader. It is Oprah Winfrey." And uh, listen to me now. Listen to me now. I don't know how much trouble I could get in for saying this. But I'll say, seriously, for president, Oprah Winfrey. So the people who are mad, let's say, that Donald Trump got in, you're going to turn around and support another person in entertainment who has no political experience whatsoever. But that one's going to be okay. That makes no sense to me. You know, well, yeah, but Oprah believes things I believe. So this is way better. It's like, no, it is not. I, to me, you know, I, I mean, if you were to ask me, would you rather Donald Trump president or Oprah? I would probably pick Oprah just because I've already seen the Donald Trump stuff. Let's see what Oprah can do. But I don't want to see it. I, I don't, I don't think. I listen, maybe she'd be a great president. I don't know. I just don't think so because she's not anyone with experience. We we can't we we gotta stop just throwing actors and fucking celebrities into the White House. What the hell is going on? Like she ran she ran a daytime talk show. Daytime talk you know Dr. Phil is a direct result of Oprah Winfrey. So you're going to put her in the White House. Somebody who created Dr. Phil. So whatever you want to think about Oprah, you can... So I, I heard someone's... I read someone's tweet. Some lady said, uh, it's a great time in the world when we get to breathe the same oxygen that Oprah breathes. And I don't think she was being sarcastic. I think she legitimately worships Oprah that much. Some fucking millennial. Some white lady millennial is what, she, is what it was. I checked out her profile. So I think she was serious. And it's like, you, you, you can't be. You can't be serious. Like Oprah's, uh, I, let's say you like her a lot. She ran a daytime talk show and a magazine, and she made a lot of money. Um, and she was in a couple movies. Maybe some plays. I don't know. I know she was always trying to lose weight. She would gain weight and lose weight and gain weight. And she brought motherfucking Dr. Phil into this world. All right? So anybody who champions Dr. Phil, is Dr. Phil our vice president? Oh, my God. He'd be our vice president. And then we're one bullet away from President Dr. Phil. Guys. We can't let this happen.
I don't know. To me, that sounds like it's just more of the same. So we'll get four to eight years of uh, one reality star and then do another four to eight years of another reality star. With The world can't take it. Guys, we need somebody who knows policy, people who know how to, how to you know, fucking draft a bill, people who know how the Senate works, you know, something. Am I, am I crazy? Probably. And now let's just bring it back to me for a second, folks. Oh, you're going you're gonna to talk about discrimination. All right? Oh, I got, I got your discrimination right here. All right? Mark Bennett is, I was about to say, is a single father. I don't think my wife would have appreciated hearing that, even though she doesn't listen to this fucking thing. And who could blame her? I'm ranting about Dave Chappelle and Oprah. Here I am talking about how we need to be focusing on macro issues. You know, things, things are a little bit bigger than Hollywood. And what do I talk about on the podcast for 30 minutes, Hollywood? Oh, I'm as bad as anyone else. Just turn it off now. Guys, save yourself the next whatever I got. 10 minutes. Seriously, my voice. God damn it. I got to stop. Maybe I should just stop yelling. Have I, have I thought of that? No, I have not. But you talk about discrimination. I am a dad, all right? A stay-at-home dad. Yes, I am not only a stay-at-home dad. Guys, I carry the load, all right? I am a stay-at-home dad, and I try to provide for my family with my shitty, shitty comedy career. Whereas my wife, ow, she traipses to her job as a lawyer, making six billion times more than I do. Actually making a difference in the world. Anyway, it's not about her. Let's not sit down and heap praise on my wife for keeping me and the baby and food and clothing. I'm here to talk about the discrimination that the men, that the, that's right. Oh, we're going there. The white dads in Toronto. Is there, is there a more persecuted group? Ladies and gentlemen. But here's the thing. We legitimately are marginalized. All right? We are pushed to the side like we don't matter. Case in point. My wife, she, uh, she's on all these Facebook groups. And it has all these ladies on them. And they're like the mommy's meetup group and uh, mommy's blah, blah, blah. And there's a few of us dads, you know. And uh, so some guy, some guy started a dad's meetup group. That's right. He called it, I don't know, Papa's meetup group or some shit. And um, it's tomorrow. And I think I'm going to take my boy, my boy Sam. And it was, and he was saying that it's hard for, um, stay-at-home dads to meet up to find other stay-at-home dads um, to hang out with. So here's here's a group where you guys can do that. And I was like, hey, look at that. I don't even I don't want to go because I don't ever want to do anything. That's a little little thing about me that I'm sure you know by now. I never want to do anything, but I do have to do some things. And I can't just have Sam sitting in the apartment all day long with me, even though we have a great fucking time. We have a great time. He's got a little hockey stick. We're shooting balls all the time. It's a rental apartment. I don't care if we break stuff. 
We're having a good time. You know? We take dumps. Me in the toilet. Him in his diaper. Just two men playing hockey and shitting. You know? It's a good time. But apparently the books say he should see other humans. So, when this guy said he was going to have this group, I'm like, maybe I'll go because I will say, I, you often show up places and you're the only guy. And you feel weird. You sh- maybe you shouldn't, but you do. All right? And uh, so, this fucking lady writes in in the comments section of the Dad's Meetup group, uh, feeling a little excluded here. Is uh, is it open to everyone or just dads? And then the guy who wrote the thing was like, obviously everybody's welcome, but uh, I'm just I'm just saying that it's a it's a chance for dads to know other dads are going to be there. So you know, and then the administrator of the group, uh, who is not my wife, my wife is one of the administrators, but this is another one. She writes in, and she was like, hey, what are you doing, like? People are allowed to shit. How many of our groups are mommy, mommy and me, mommy and baby, and come to the mommy's meetup group? And so many of our posts start with, hey, ladies, um, do you have any advice on blah? Said so a guy finally takes the initiative and, you know, wants to have a meetup group when there's not that many guys around, you know, hats off to him. And then the fucking asshole lady, she writes, yeah, that's because most men choose uh, their careers over their families anyway. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're talking about people who are obviously not doing that. They're stay-at-home dads having a group. So when so first you, you shit on them for trying to connect with other fathers. And then when some uh, the, the lady who runs the group is like, hey, stop shitting on the men. Uh, who do that, who are doing this group, she writes back, yeah, well, men are choosing their careers anyway over there. Like, fuck you. Oh, it was Christopher Walken for a second. Fuck you. Yo, fucking lady. Fuck you. Seriously. Like, you just, you talk about discouragement. Like, this guy, he now he probably feels bad, especially in this political climate, ladies and gentlemen. But you see what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, this is what Dave Chappelle, let's bring it all around, full circle. This is what Dave Chappelle is probably trying to get at. Like, you can't fucking do anything or you're an asshole. Like, the guy is just, he goes to group after group where he is the one man in the room and all the ladies are taking their tits out, and that does not, it's not as good as it sounds. In fact, it's not good at all because it's kind of gross. That's right, I said it. I don't want to see that shit. So, I turn my head, but you turn your head and you're looking at another lady with her tit out. And you turn your head again, there's another lady where you're full. I'm surrounded by, by ladies with their tits out in their kids' mouths. And I don't want to be there when that happens. And I feel uncomfortable, and they're all yapping with each other about whatever, and they're not talking to me. And I'm not saying they have to. I'm just saying that's the experience. So when a guy says, hey, I want to do a, a Papa's Meetup group, what the first fucking thing he gets is even though 
the 650 other groups are all for ladies. The one guy, the one group that a guy does, the first comment he gets is, hey, I'm feeling excluded here. What do you, you guys, you just discriminatory assholes. Like, you just, it's such a fucking double standard that it drives you nuts. And I'll tell you why. Listen to this. You don't believe me? You're like, hey, Mark, what do you mean double standard? What do you mean? Listen to this. In one of the comments about a dad's meetup group, because what happened was um, we found out from this that there is another dad's meetup group. And uh, this other dad's meetup group is dads only. He doesn't include ladies, and he doesn't apologize. And according to the the uh, administration rules of this Facebook group, that's okay. You can have, like, if ladies are want to have a ladies-only group because they don't want men there, probably because they want to take their tits out, then they are allowed to do that, just like men are allowed to say, hey, it's going to be boys, we're going to talk about football, and uh, that's it. So no ladies allowed, please. And then other groups are all inclusive. So you can you can actually do that. So when the lady was like feeling a little, uh, you know, what was the word I used? Uh, ignored? Excluded. Feeling a little excluded. It's like, go fuck yourself. You're allowed to be excluded, first of all. But the guy who ran the group, he actually didn't exclude her. He was big enough to say, no, everybody's, everyone's welcome. I'm just... I'm just titling it the dad so that the dads know. Yeah. So anyway, so my wife is looking at the other group, the one about the dads and the dads only group. And some lady writes in, in the comments of that one, are any of the fathers there single fathers? Because I'm a single mother and I'd like to meet someone. Can you fucking believe that? First of all, that's crazy. That's a, to me, that's a crazy thing to do. But if you don't think there's a double standard, huh? you do the opposite of that shit. Imagine there was a Facebook group, ladies only, and then a guy wrote in and was like, hey, are there any single ladies? Any single mothers in that group? Because I'm a single dad and I'd like to fuck one of them. Imagine. That. He'd be put up on fucking charges. Like, it... And nobody batted an eyelash when this crazy lady did that. Double standard, but I'll also say, what the fuck, right? Like, you're talking about, if it's a baby meetup group, these men have babies. So, even if they are no longer with their partner... That shit didn't happen very long ago. Do you know what I mean? Either some tragedy happened um, pretty recently or some some mother left her her baby and her husband. Like I, I, All I'm saying is those guys probably aren't looking to date. That's what I'm saying. And the reason I'm saying the guys is because ladies, you know, they can get the artificial insemination, you know. Um, they, 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 they don't need a dad. To have a baby. So she perhaps she was a single lady who wanted to have a child. One of my wife's friends did that. Single lady wanted to have a child, so she went and got herself all pregnant. And but you can't, you don't guys don't do that. You can't go, hey, give me some uh some give me an egg and I'll shove it up my ass and then I'll have a baby. It doesn't work that way. 
And I'm pretty sure a guy can't just hire a surrogate by himself. And let me tell you something. I looked into the adoption process with my wife, of course. We looked into it, our, both of us, because uh, we, we struggled to have the baby. Have I brought that up on the podcast? Probably not. Yeah, may, maybe I did. We, we had, we had uh, a tough time having the baby. Many, many years of trying. And um, so we looked into the adoption, and it is fucking difficult. As, as a couple, as a married couple who have uh, a stable life and a stable income, uh, mostly from my wife, but stable. She has a really good job. I have a stupid job, but it's a job. You know, and it would have been, we were told, very difficult for us, just like it's very difficult for every. So the idea that you're a single man and you get to adopt a child. Do you know what I'm saying? Basically, I ran through all the scenarios I could think of, and there are so few instances. In fact, there's zero. There are zero instances of a guy who has a young baby who would be down to fuck. Do you know what I mean? I just, I, and why does it have to be a single father? Why? She's a single mother with a young baby. Why do you need to find a matching pair? Why does it have to be a dad and a baby? You also want a sibling for your child? I don't, can't you just date a single man? Why does he have to have a baby? Like, that's the weirdest part to me. Hey, are there any single fathers? Because that's what I'm looking for. I'm not just looking for a partner to support me and help me raise my own child. What I'm looking for is a single father so I can get another baby into the mix. I want a guy who very recently had a lady, and now she is out of the picture for some reason, and uh, I want him and his child to move in with me. That's just fucking weird. People are weird. God damn it, they're weird. And I'm losing my voice. Oh, and I'm, pro- and I'm probably going to be kicked off of iTunes for this one. Jesus H. Christ. But you know what? I'm not going to apologize. All right? I have things to say. I'm allowed to say things. I'm a human being. I'm allowed to have opinions. I know I'm not supposed to. But I do have them, and I'm not saying sorry. Unless, of course, I'm called out on it in the media, then I will issue the apology and say I'm in rehab. Because that's what you do. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I'm going to go upstairs to my nice apartment and uh, get one of those soothing drinks for your throat. What are they called? Beers. Oh, it's going to have two of them. It's going to be wonderful. I'll talk to you again soon, as long as the podcast still exists, without some group coming after me to shut me down. So I said shut up, and good night.